Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Mike Wallace doesn't have all that much driving experience. For the last three or four years, he's put in his dues in this business. Mike Wallace comes down to the line. He'll pick up the win. It's fast car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. The battles for the lead. Mike Wallace gets by Jason Leffler. Mike Wallace comes off turn number four. A great move in that corner. He comes to the line and will win. From grassroots to the top of the racing world. Hear the stories of NASCAR's biggest names and how they made it all the way. Who was Tony Stewart before he was Tony Stewart? I could barely make enough money to pay attention, let alone to try to survive. So, I mean, I was doing it all myself. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Mike Wallace and Jeff Kent. Welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace, part of the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley. My name is Jeff Kent. Strap yourselves in. Pull those belts tight. We'll take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services out of Clements, Maryland. HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Reach out at BradyMechanicalService at gmail.com. Today's guest, NHRA Pro Stock Motorcycle Rider Owner, with 12 career wins, 29 career final rounds. In fact, what a couple of weeks these guys at Team Steve Johnson have had the next or last uh, few weeks. Mike, check this out. On board his Slick 50 USA Electric Suzuki, it's been quite a couple of weeks of late in the NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series on Saturday, April 24th at the NHRA Spring Nationals at Houston Raceway Park. He picked up his first pro-stock motorcycle win of the season, but then the veteran racer took over the championship points lead by capturing another victory just one week later at the Circle K NHRA four-wide nationals at our very own Z-Max Dragway in Concord, North Carolina. Known as the Iron Man of the NHRA Camping World Pro Stock Motorcycle Class, missing just two races since 1989. Originally from Southern California, he now resides just outside of Birmingham, Alabama, where they love Nick Saban. Stay hi to Steve Johnson. Here's Mike Wallace. Steve Johnson, what's happening? Hey, and the crowd goes wild. I can hear all the podcasts. 
podcasters clapping. <laughs> yeah, they're excited. I mean, you know, you got to get it. You got to get motivated after Jeff intros you because he pulls all the highlights up. You know, and he, oh my god, I am ex- I'm excited I mean, when I got the when I got the word to be on the show. That's that a Hall of Fame awesome. resume. It is. That's yeah. a Hall of Fame resume. Hey, I gotta start off with 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 uh, like the the branding thing. You know, uh, uh, for everybody who's listening, you, you ride a bull. You seen those bulls? You know, they they, they uh, put them in the ki- they put them in those shoots, and the and the and the cowboy sits on them. Just gotta and, ride it for eight seconds. That's it. Eight seconds. Yeah, yeah. He rides the bull. Okay, a pro stock motorcycle. You can't ride it. You, 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 you ride the person you ride a motorcycle I guess down the street or something like that when the, you drive we are drivers and that that's that's a it, it gets into a big conversation or an argument with Larry Dixon but uh top fuel world champ but uh it, it, you 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 drive one of these things it is an absolute handful the you let go of the clutch at 10,000 rpm it leaves the starting wheel, starting line the front wheels in the air so you're on the wheelie bar and the rear the 10 inch wide square rear tires is now your front tire and the only way you steer it because you can't use the handlebars you gotta you gotta push your feet you, you push your feet down on the right peg if you want it to go to the right and you push it to the left if he's going to the left so aiming the motorcycle is, is another part of, of driving it so it's uh it, my point is is when you talk about nhra and our motorcycles they're they're they're, they're drivers well they're steve we, we've talked to nhra drivers funny car drivers Matt Hagen, um, Greg Anderson. On the show before. And one of the things that, that, that I always found real interesting, as a fan, when I'm sitting in the grandstand and these guys hit the throttle, it just looks extremely violent inside the pit of that uh, uh, of, uh, stock or, or of that funny car. You know what I mean? What does it feel yeah. like? What does it feel like when you get the green light and off you go and, and you're going to touch 200 miles an hour? Hey, and you got to be expressive. I'm watching Jeff. He's giving the handlebar and clutch movement with his hands <laughs> while he's talking to you. He he's like into it. He's got the throttle wide open, clutch release. I'm in the, you know, I'm in the grandstand. I'm watching. I'm like, what? What does that possibly feel like? You know? Well, well, well I can relate to you because when Force crashed and had that horrible accident, I went to go visit him in the hospital, and he said he was getting better. I brought him a set of handlebars. I'm like, I'm giving these to Coil, <laughs> and I think I think even though your legs are jacked up, you can still drive the car. I'm going to convert it with Coil, and we're going to put handlebars in your in your funny car. So, it's um, it, it it you know, I heard this example. If you um, when when the motorcycle, when we don't have the clutch right or when something's not right and it shakes the rear tire, it's a 10-inch wide rear tire, it's 28 inches high, something like that, it shakes your body so much. It's like, you know, when you go to Home Depot and you say, hey, I want this color, and then they say, well, we have to mix it. Well, when they put that, that all the paint in that can, they put the can together, and then they put it in that paint shaker, <laughs> that's what your brain feels like. <laughs> Do you just turn on for the 30 second mix or three said three second? Can't mix, imagine right? taking longer than five well, seconds. It, do, it, do, it, does, it doesn't last. Yeah, it no. doesn't. It doesn't last long at at, 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 at at those races. We go zero to sixty in a second. Three G's. We don't have the luxury of the. Those uh, the car guys with the roll bar, with the seat belts and the the five harness and the backrest and all that stuff. So one of the rules that I explained to my mom's 
uh, church group is is that you have to be on the motorcycle when it crosses the finish line. So so hanging on would, is is an important feature to, to this whole thing. How did that go over with mom's church group? Is what I'd like to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they 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 all had their toddy, and who knows what was in their little toddy? You know, it was it, it was probably got a little extra JD in there or something. <laughs> like, Sounds but, like a fun church they, group. <laughs> yeah. They were very intrigued. Oh yeah, they were very, very intrigued. It's, uh, it, and you know, I did, I did finish the conversation off with a fifteen percent discount uh, off of my, off of my fan club. So, so now I have twelve people, and now they're all. Ninety uh, percent of them are over eighty-five years old, but that's my demographic. <laughs> so, so you gave them a seniors discount on top of the fifteen percent, or what? <laughs> I did only if they invite me back for the toddy with the JD. <laughs> Yeah. Now, you made me lose total track where I was going because you can carry it on forever. But, you know, I've known you, Steve, for a long time. And uh, the one thing you're not short on is energy and passion. And uh, we're just going to talk this first segment here about that. I mean, let's talk about winning right now. I mean, what is taking Steve Johnson racing in? And for everybody that's out there, and Steve and I have known each other for a long time. We met on a Miller cruise years ago. And. My he convinced or my wife bought a set of reaction time handlebars from him. So I, you know, I can ride one of them damn bikes. I don't know if I can hang right? on, but I can launch it. I've got this. You mean you can drive one of those bikes? I drive. Yes. Yeah, that's his story, folks. That's his story. I'm gonna let him go with it though. Yeah. Go ahead. You got bigger cojones than I do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't drive one of those things. Mine are strapped down tight, <laughs> Velcro, baby. But uh, TMI, TMI. Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve, you've been in the sport for a while. You've won races throughout your career. But, like last year, this year, I mean, you got the whole drag race world. You even, dude, you had John Force bowing at you in, in Victory Lane at Charlotte. So, I mean, what's that feel like? I, I know we're kind uh, of jumping it, around, but I mean, first of all, winning two weeks in a row in in dominant fashion. I mean, crazy, stupid speeds on a motorcycle. And then you're standing in victory lane, and here comes John Force and gets down on his knees and bows to you. Oh yeah, he's 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 our he's our Elvis Presley, y'all. It's it's special because uh, I got to do stuff with Dale Senior and and uh, you know do do autograph parties. And they always put me between they always put me between him and Richard uh, Childress or Skinner or something like that, and because I was the zero guy, and it's like we're trying to make everybody feel popular, but it's like those guys would always talk about winning and and once you get on a roll and feeling confidence and stuff like that kurt bush told me uh when he won the daytona 500 that he said you know uh, sponsors when you can win early oh my gosh you can milk that all year long if you don't win the whole rest of the year you can milk that one win right out so it's so important to win early and i think i think um you know i had a guy jock uh uh graduated from uti motorcycle school um black guy lives in in a really really tough area and i just saw his passion i saw i saw a little bit of me i i I guess in in him because he just loved motorcycles so we're we're this we're this black and white team that just comes out there and we just we just don't care about anything else we just work and chase and and he was on a ventilator for 24 days so i guess i i guess all the things that we've been learning and we just keep trying to go back to fundamentals uh, Larry Dixon uh, t- told me a lot about fundamentals and, and uh, um, Frank Holly's drag racing school. That's what they teach you. George Bryce taught it, and, and uh, it's all fundamentals. So when you put all that stuff together, 
um, you, you start you start reaping. Hey, if your boat has the least amount of leaks, you're going to float longer than anybody else. So, so that's that's kind of my answer, I guess. That, that's a damn new one on me. Now I've never thought about floating my Win boat. Win early, win early, and I can I can give you another analogy too. If you go to a bar, and this is bar etiquette because this is what I do. I can bring I, this. To I know the where show. this is going. <laughs> if you go to a bar and you're with a crowd of people, and you always say, "Hey, let me get let me get the first round," because as the evening goes on, they go, well, whose turn is it to buy? And you just say, well, I bought the first round. Ah. So they, ne- <laughs> they never forget that. So that's the same thing as winning early. Win the Daytona 500. Yeah. Well, I, I won a Daytona. Are you kidding me? Right? Yeah, sponsors. You, you guys are educating <laughs> me so much here today. <laughs> yeah, keeping, keeping these sponsors keeping these sponsors happy is, is, is challenging because they all want they, they seem to all want something different. And as our society and, and, and just as things change, Everybody wants different things. So, you know, we, we uh, uh, Mike knows uh, the uh, Rusty at Market Scan. I mean, he's he's all about the why. You know, what what are you doing in society? What are you doing to help people? What do you you know? And and that's his initiative. Slick Fifty wants to sell. They want to sell a Slick. They want to educate people and let them know that starting your engine's a terrible thing to do. And you know, you put in Slick Fifty, it protects the engine under startup. So, everybody's got. All these different mechanical Brady, uh, Brady, you know, who's sponsoring the show today. I was like, listen to that. I'm like, wow, they're they're uh, they're an incredible company up there in Maryland. They just are really learned about air conditioning and do it efficiently and economically, even in Maryland, you know. So that's a, so everybody's got something different, and you have to figure that out as a racer. You have to figure it out what they want and make sure that you deliver it. So if they want their name heard, you you, you better say it. So. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you want to take you want to take fifteen seconds and then say all the names. Go ahead. I, I look at here. I'm no, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm no, going to no, no, I'm going to give you this moment. Normally, you're you win a race and you say the crap so fast that nobody hears who's supporting your efforts. So tell us who supports Steve Johnson Racing. Well, the, the, what's what I think is really cool is is I've got Tony Toll that uh, he has a he has a plumbing company. So it's not the plumbing company that's. Uh, you know, and it comes over and fixes what your husband said he fixed, you know, or he repairs what your husband fixed, you know, so he has a hundred employees. So he, he's the biggest, he's the biggest plumber that I know of in, in, in Maryland. So he's, and he loved motorcycle racing. So he, he used to race, he used to win. So he's not, he's racing cars now. So, but he supports us and, and, uh, he's got these chocolate toilets and we eat the crap out of those chocolate toilets, if you know what I mean. But it, they are so good. I don't like the way that sounds. Well, you, you asked, Jeff. I, 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 Jeff turned to me and looked like, what the hell is eat he talking the about? the crap out of a chocolate toilet. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you use the S word on that, and it makes it even funnier. But it's like, I'm assuming you're. It's one of those bar things. Oh, okay. But, you know, so, so the, the, the plumber, the Tony Toll is our sponsor this weekend in Virginia. And, and um, obviously, Brady Mechanical is, is there with Robin and. We have a machine shop. These guys have these guys have 28 CNC machines, and they make the coolest stuff. And boy, I get in there and I get with the programmer, and he makes me some cool stuff. And it's really helped our motorcycle and our engines. So, uh, which which we got to get on the engines because because I didn't finish the story on why we're so now, good. Now, who 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 is that that's got all the CNC machines? Not the plumber. It's 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 Chris, it's Chris Dalton, and and and, and uh, um, he's got a superior machine and pattern. Uh, in Talladega, it, they are right next to the Talladega. Uh, okay, hurry up! You, you got a minute and fifteen seconds to finish this <laughs> segment. Hurry. 
Oh, all right. Well, zoom, well he's zoom, in speed uh, talking already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So any, anyway, there's MacRack. They uh, they their engineered solution to repair pallet racking systems that you know the forklift guy runs into. So that, that's a that's a big help. And and WPS is a huge. They do all the uh, aftermarket uh, parts suppliers for all the, the the dealers and stuff. But there, there there's lots of people. I I couldn't I couldn't possibly get to all of them. Uh, Star Racing helps us and camping world and, and blah 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 suzuki's a, a a pretty good supporter usa electric jeff perella sammy's uh sammy's pizza up there in uh, minnesota so it, we we have uh we have lots of people so um it's it's really wonderful to get uh, and rewarding to support them okay so what we're going to do we're going to take a break jeff's going to take us we're going to come back we're going to talk about performance of that motorcycle then we're going to get to the real story of how you got involved in this business we're talking to nhra pro stock motorcycle driver Owner Steve Johnson, who clearly gets paid by the word. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. We're talking to NHRA Pro Stock Motorcycle Driver Owner Steve Johnson. Once again, here's Mike Wallace. Well, Steve, we kind of got off on a kind of a random first segment there, but let's talk about the performance of that motorcycle. Then we're going to get into you know, who you were before who you are type deal, but where the hell did you find all the speed? I mean, you got, you even got old Matt Smith saying stuff about you again. And talk about, talk about um, how you ran in Houston, because it sounds to me like you had the competition covered with a lap of 6.711, 201.55 miles an hour. Is that a track record? He was driving that bad yeah. boy. I know. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool. See, let me middle. ask you, let me, let me, let me ask you guys a question about your question. Is your audience like uh, perform like they understand cam timing? Do they are they, are they just like they like eating popcorn? Or you like, got to remember what kind of audience we have a worldwide audience, and the world. Oh, is, oh okay. There so, are some that do. I would say majority don't. Majority are just your average race fan. Yeah, you don't have to All get right. well, you don't have to get real technical. Just a little, baby. I I want to I want to I want to edge it. I want to help them. I, that's when when I do a deal, I, I like to leave some kind of a stamp, you know. Okay. And, uh, don't you know, give your so, so don't wanna... give your secrets away though. We don't want you. As we want you to no, leaving a stain. I've done that before. We, we need you to win but at I'm Richmond. Make, <laughs> I, I'm hoping to set a record here with you guys to to give the most technical information that's the most retained and understood by your audience. That's how about that for an how about there for an audience? Sounds good. Or how about that for an opening? So. So we have what's, uh, what you, what everybody's heard of is is you have valves inside the engine. They open and close, and they let air in and, and, and gas and or nitro in, in uh, John Force's situation. But, uh, you know, then the spark lights it up, and it goes kaboom. And it, it, the kaboom shoves the crank down, and then the crank turns the transmission, basically, and, and the rear wheels, and then you accelerate. So what we have now is the Harleys, the V-Twins, had 160 cubic inches. And the inline fours, which uh, only had 113 cubic inches, so we had to compete against that. And they uh, eventually they just they they just kept going faster, and we couldn't do it. So the sanction body gave us four valves per cylinder. And why four? Why when you ask people why is four valves per cylinder better? A lot of racers, a lot of people. Um, just don't understand that, and that's that's what I want to make just a couple quick seconds about. Is like, 
I'll tell you why it's faster. So if pretend everybody pretend everybody out there's got their own racetrack and they've got one gate and you've got the biggest people, Dale Earnhardt, you got all these people, Don Forrest, you got all these huge mega stars coming and uh, and, and and you want everybody in. Well, you start at 10 o'clock. Well, you've got one gate. So you close the gate at 6 in the morning and, and to get everybody in. So everybody comes in, they finally come in. Well, now that means the gates are open. When, you, when your valves are open, that you're not making any power because the valves are open and, and there's no kaboom that's going to push the crank over. So you've got to keep that analogy going. So now after the show, now you've got one gate. You've got to get all these people out. Well, you've got to leave the gates open until 10 o'clock at night when the show's over at 6 to get all those people out. Well, with a four-valve cylinder, it's like having two gates. Now you've got those same amount of people, but instead of open at 6 in the morning, you open an hour before the show starts, okay? Because you've got two gates. You can get a lot more people in. And you can, so now your valves are shut longer, and you can make more power because the, the, the gates are shut. Now, when the, when the, when the show's over, you only got to leave the show. You only got to have the, the two gates open for an hour after the show because everybody leaves. There's twice as many, there's, you can get twice as many people out. And again, now your valves are shut. So when you're trying to look, make power, with a four valve, we've made, been able to make so much power because we can shut the valves longer, get more pe- get the same amount of people in, even more actually, and which is gas and air, and we can make more power. So when you make more power, now you can start beating up on those other people until the sanction body says we got to add ten pounds. So me, me and uh, and and uh, Rich Strike uh, with the Kentucky Derby, we got to take ten pounds extra with us at our next race, at, which is the Preakness and Virginia Motorsports Park. Hmm. Rich Strike, that was a pretty impressive thing over the weekend, wasn't it? That horse that won the Kentucky Derby. Oh my God! Right, come from like fifteen yeah. spots. Yeah, uh, yeah. I seen seen the uh, the jockey blowing it into his ear. Yeah, the, the nice, yeah. There you go. Yeah, did, talking about since you brought his name up, did you watch the uh, the replay in the last fifty yards or whatever, if you want to say that horse yeah, race? I, I, the the I horse, Rich Strike, turns his head to the right as he's running. Running past these other horses, like up yours, boys. Here I go. Swear to God, you got to go look at it because all the other horses, their heads are straight on, they're galloping, and Rich Strike just looks at them. Literally looks at them as he's running by them. It's the the coolest thing. But uh, man, that was that's what Mike that's what Mike Wallace did, and that's what Mike Wallace did in Talladega in the truck when he when he when he passed when he passed the. Uh, the guy who was bump, bumping, running you, and you, you went in for the checkered flag, and it's like, thank you, boys. Thank yeah. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to get back. That was a very, very cool, simple, technical explanation of how you're making power. Just got to keep the gates open in quicker, bigger, more gates, let people in, let power in, get out. Now. It's more efficient. I feel smarter. Do you? You look like it. I mean, you got this glow over top of you now. Like, I, say, I feel like I need a smoke. I'll be you honest need a smoke? <laughs> How about a beer and a smoke? I mean, somebody help us out here. Uh, was that a cigarette or something else you're implying? But all right, Steve. So to get kind of channeled back down, let's start back in California. You're a little kid. Were you born into racing? Were you brought up around racing? Tell us the early days of Steve Johnson. No, it's just uh, my my my. The very very early days is uh, just you know something you can barely remember. Just just kind of growing up and having Tonka toys and and uh, just being a kid, you know. And uh, we were 
we were probably a, a little above a little above an average household. Uh, my dad was a manager, and uh, my but we had we had meat and potatoes every single day. We bought uh, they bought four they bought a cow with, and they split it, and we had meat and potatoes every single day. So I was I was very old school like that. But the the um, I, for some reason I liked money, and uh, I would I play with the I play with my Tonka toys out in this little flower bed. But then the, there got weeds, and so all of a sudden I got paid to get rid of the weeds and boy i was i was off to the races i i i went to a horse stable i was in fifth grade and i would go my dad would drop me off at the horse stable before an hour before school and i'd feed the horses and and uh i got paid to do it and and uh so i was competitive i guess is the real answer so what's your what's your earliest recollection of getting involved in anything performance wise what 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 prompted you to want to be a NHRA pro stock motorcycle driver. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a two-fold question. I, I tell this story a, a lot because I, I just – it's so grassroots and it's just free. We, we The ice cream man would come. Uh, we lived up in a cul-de-sac, and it was on a hill. So, you know, there's, I don't know, eight, six, seven houses on each side at the top of this hill. And when it would rain or people would leave their their uh, sprinklers on for a long time, the, the gutters would, you know, they'd get water in them. Well, the, the ice cream man, we'd eat our ice cream, and we'd put our popsicles in in the gutter, and we'd watch the popsicles go down the, the this hill, this big, long hill. And, you know, there'd be trash, and so, you know, the, the, you can imagine, like, little areas where it would stop and slow down and speed up, and it was just... It was so fun, but it, it's it's extremely corny. But that's where the competitive side. I, I always always wanted to win. I'd end up cutting. I'd break my instead of just breaking the popsicle stick in half. You know, I'd kind of make it so I thought it would be real aerodynamic. I didn't know what that meant, but you know, I thought I'd make it really cool, and I wanted to make it my own. So I did that, and then my my dad saw that, and he loved motorcycles. He he bought us uh, these dirt bikes, and he taught me how to ride a dirt bike and gravel. And then from from that we went to uh, dirt bikes really extensively from you know like out at El Mirage Lake uh, we went to Indian Dunes which is the, one of the most famous dirt tracks ever uh, went to Saddleback and uh, as I progressed there a little bit I really loved it and then I I moved uh, I, I got a car and and uh, then then I moved out before I was out of high school but then I hung out with these biker guys you know uh, they worked on Jaguars. And uh, I worked on Jags and Rolls Royce. Got a job as an apprentice, but I loved motorcycles and bought a bought a street bike, a Honda 750, and then I started street racing it. And that that was that was the beginning of the the beginning right right there is uh, just the the hot rodding it and and uh, and street racing. And it, it, it turned into something a little bit more professional, but that's where it started. That's cool. So the street racing, I was that for fun or good money racing or bragging rights? What was that? The, the street racing was crazy in in in, uh, in California. There was there was a uh, Los Angeles was was uh, known to have some uh, the people over there in the in the early eighties. They had they had a lot of they had a lot of pagers on them. You know if you know what I if you get what I mean. And uh, they they were in the pharmaceutical business. They just, you just didn't have to go to the doctor. They, and, and this is this is all before Jeff's, cell phones. Just so they, Jeff has just about fell over in the chair when he, he put the pager oh in God, the pharmaceutical was, business. I think I knew that guy actually. It's so fun. Well, there was lots of them. So you'd be in the circle and you'd be smack talking about what you needed for cars and 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 a length and how much money and stuff. And the beeper'd go off and everybody's head would go down. 
you know, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? You know, it's like, you know, it's like a good joke at school. Nobody's listening to the teacher anymore. I'm trying to negotiate a race and everybody's looking at their pager. So anyway, that was so I'm telling you, fans, if, it, if there's if there's a couple of things that you remember for this, uh, it's not legal. It's dangerous. It's highly, highly, highly dangerous. But back in the old days, when, when I'm talking about it, it was real. OK, it was straight up. Honest to goodness, real. Cars would come off trailers. They'd pour this sticky VHT down on the ground. They'd do burnouts. They'd, they'd do burnouts in this VHT. And we'd do it in, in industrial parks where there was no side streets and stuff. But these cars were eight-second cars. they go 140 miles an hour, and there was nothing exciting. And, and even before I had a car, that's where I got hooked. I hung out with an older crowd uh, because I love cars. It, it's a... Uh, it was so exciting. And then when I got old enough to have a motorcycle, I had just a regular street bike, but I progressed into a, a turbocharged motorcycle that made 20 pounds of boost, and it went eight seconds and a quarter mile, 160, and I could ride it to the grocery store or to I could ride it anywhere. I, I put a girl on the back. We'd go to the street races. Everybody'd meet. You'd sit around, talk, and you'd look at cars, and you'd tell war stories, and you'd chase girls and do all that stuff. And then, and then when, it got, when it got late enough, Everybody'd head over to, you know, Glen Oaks and Peoria or whatever. And one of our biggest races was for thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, I got a percentage of it, but everybody brought their paper bags, you know, all the pharmaceutical guys. And uh, they were betting money. And, and I raced this guy, and, and we won. And I, I, I forgot. I, I, I made, you know, I made a, a, a little bit of change right there. And uh, my percentage, who knows how much was bet. But it was so – it's just so exciting because the people are standing. You're doing a burnout, and literally – the guy standing there watching could reach over and touch your bike. And that's how it was for all the, you know, for half the track, people are just stacked. There's cars everywhere. It's just, <laughs> there's just nothing more exciting. It was, it was intense. And to go 150 miles an hour on the street was just stupid, crazy, but gosh, darn, uh, it, 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 it taught me a lot about nerves, but uh, I sure wouldn't endorse it at this point. It, it is very, very, very dangerous. <laughs> well, so from that point, I mean, I can, I can just picture this and, you know, you guys are having a great time. Everything was cool back then. It wasn't dangerous then, but it was, but nobody thought about it. Right. So what was the step? I mean, what was the progression from the cool street bike with the chick on the back that you could ride to move into something you had to drive and ride, which was that Pro Stock yeah. motorcycle? How did you get to that point? I mean, what was the first? That's a big progression, no matter what you say. How, how do you become a, a professional racer, even a you know, a, a fun racer from, from that point. It is, you, you know, you see, you, you see on social media, folks, we have, a, we have this show called the PRI show, performance racing industry. And you see everybody there looking at racing and stuff, but the kids come and, and, and kids come with their parents and, and the parents will, and I, I, you know, I don't have any kids and I, I'm very, very engaged in, in helping our society with skilled trades and engaging young people at skilled trades and specifically in the automotive industry, uh, motorcycle and, and diesel. And so it's a, it's a great, it's a great career path and it's very, very fulfilling. So I, I like doing that. And I see these kids and it's like, so on social media, you see these kids progressing. And so, you know, they get in these, they get in these junior dragsters or, or even, even a bicycle. And, and the, and the progression is crazy. I, I, I follow this kid, uh, in IndyCar, you know, they, they start out uh, with go-karts and, uh, you know, Jamie, Jamie McMurray and I raced a big, big charity race and stuff. And, and, uh, the IndyCar guys, the one, he won the Indy 500. I forgot his name, purple car, Vander, Vandergen or something like that. Himmelgaard or something like that. And, uh, and, and so the progression is crazy, but it, but 
it was really steep for me. I I street raced, but when the drag races came to town, I went to and I I went to the Pro Stockers. I just thought those were the coolest. They had the most publicity. Uh, Terry Vance was there. George Bryce was there. It was just the coolest stuff. And so um, I videotaped these guys, and then I would sell the videotapes back to them so they could look at the they could look and see what their motorcycle was doing. And I just got so in, intrigued with that that I skipped all the bracket racing. I skipped all the other classes. Steve, you know, I never went to. Hold, hold that thought right there. We're you're taking pictures, you're selling them. We're going to come back and making movies. <laughs> We're talking to no NH Kim Kardashian though. No <laughs> Kim Kardashian movies. We're Just talking like to racing. NHRA Pro Stock motorcycle driver owner Steve Johnson. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. This is Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. NHRA Pro Stock, Mo Pro Stock Motorcycle Driver, Steve Johnson with us today. Say hi once again to Mike Wallace. So, Steve, we're going to jump back and just kind of really wrap up, not wrap up, but just kind of relive. You were taking pictures. You, you did all that street bike racing. You did all the fun stuff. Then you started going to the drag races when they were in town. And you would video motorcycles. And you'd turn around and you'd sell the footage back to the pro stock guys. Take us from there. Yeah, and 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 I would I would learn a little bit from that, but I I got to I got to hang out. They kind of knew they started knowing me, and then and then I saw one of them didn't have his gas on. He's going to go to the line. I says your gas not on. So I got a he says wow you know can you help so. I started helping them, and, and, you know, the progression there is just, you just close your eyes, and I mean, I mean you know, everybody everybody makes orange juice, and, and next thing you know, they're making a cocktail, you know, so, you know, everybody cuts their lawn, and, and you know, it's, it's like you're, you're, you stand back, and you look at it, and it's like, wow, that's really, really cool, so it's like, I'm not sure where that went, but anyway, <laughs> I, I, uh, I hung out with these guys, and I just really loved it, and I had a buddy that, that supported me, and, and, and liked it, and, and he, uh, Lauren Boyer, and he, he, um, he, he bought, uh, bought a bike, and I had saved all my money. I bought an engine. I loved racing so much that I bought a Vance and Hines Kawasaki engine and uh, didn't even have a bike to put it in. That's how bad I wanted pro stock. I didn't have the money to buy the bike, but it's like I had the engine. So anyway, I, uh, I got a bike, and, and I started racing pro stock. I, I sucked at it. I was really bad at it, but I was part of the fraternity, and that's that's truly all I wanted to be is in, in motorcycle drag racing. I was with Slick 50, and they offered me a NASCAR ride. And, and, and this will roll your eyes, but it's like we went into to, uh, Texas Stadium. Uh, I forgot the, the name. It was a Slick 50 race. Uh, they did one in Loudon, New Hampshire. And they said, hey, y y you want to do one of these? We'll, we'll support you. And I'm like, no, I'm going to make my million on a motorcycle. And so I'm like, this was right in the heyday when you guys had your parades in Charlotte and Concord and stuff like that. And I was on a parade with Racing for Kids. But the progression there was was uh, was 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 really incredible. But it's all I ever wanted was to be you know uh, be a part of the fraternity of pro stock motorcycle racers. So, so how how do you? Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff. Here's an interesting question. Let's go back to the street racing thing because this has me curious. All right, so you're racing cars or you're racing motorcycles. Does Johnny Law ever show up and try to break you guys up? Oh my God! Yeah, that was—it's it, crazy. It's—you—you um, you say that because it, it's, uh, that's amazing. So, so you everybody would run, and then you heard that when the cops caught you, they beat you up. So Larry Dixon ran one time, and in a fifty-five, uh, not that he street raced, but he, he was street racing, and he uh, and the cops came with a helicopter, 
and they chased him, and he was going to make a left or a right. He made a right because he didn't want him to go left because that was his dad's house. So he, he, uh, we all bailed him out and everything like that. So we've all had these, these uh, run-ins, but I never got caught. And I, I ran one time, and uh, we went to Hanson Dam. We went Glen Oaks and Peoria. We went to – it's a street over there. So anyway, I turned right, and it was a golf course, and I went up this golf course, and I'm literally – this is like uh, honest-to-goodness truth. It's like there was a sand trap, and I threw – the cops – were behind me. I mean, I did have a turbocharged motorcycle, but they, they you know, it's the only motorcycle there. They could, it's the only thing on the street at 3 o'clock in the morning. So they're chasing me. I zoom, and, and I literally run into a sand trap with my motorcycle, and, and the cops pull into the golf course, and, I see, and I'm all hunched down, and I can see the spotlight. The spotlight's going over. Pretend like you're in a sand trap, and there's grass right above you, yeah. and you can see the light from the spotlight going across the grass. I'm like, oh, my God, my heart's pounding so much. So... <laughs> I, it was so exciting to run from the cops. That was, we, we, it, oh my God, it's so dangerous and horrible. And I'm a huge, huge supporter of the police departments now, especially here in Irondale, Alabama, but they don't know any of that story, but it's, it's, uh, <laughs> they do it's now. Just dumb, it's just dumb stuff. That, it's just dumb stuff that you do growing up. But luckily, thank the, thank the good Lord above. Uh, I never got hurt. I never got caught. I, I just, I just, uh, was, was very, very fortunate. And kids don't try this at home. Right. No! Oh my gosh! No, there's drag strips. Go to the drag strip. Get in a junior drag strip. You can. This is why I said Doug Herbert when 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 we when we started uh, breaks. It is it's like when the little boy said, "We go fast all the time." I don't know how John and James uh, had the accident, and I'm like, I'm like Doug. You know, you, you gotta tell them uh, they can go to the drag strip. Take it off the street. Go to the drag strip where you can have fun, and and maybe you'll become good at it, and where you can turn it into a career. And uh, that's that's that was the mantra there right away when breaks first got started is is is, is take take it off the streets and, and be safe. Be kind to others. So jumping back a second and that's all great to, to relay. And when you decide to become that pro stock motorcycle rider, because I've always wondered this, but I've never asked you in all the years. Where do you where do you get a pro stock motorcycle at? It's not like you go down the street and to the. You know, the off-road place, the motorcycle mo- shop. Stock motorcycle shop. Yeah, and there's <laughs> not – who who builds those bikes? Or is there any – a lot of people? You build your own? How does that come about? Well, it really there, – there were a few people in the industry that, that built them, and they were very, very expensive. Think, think in 1985 that a, a rolling chassis just with, with metal and, and, and a couple of wheels – uh, you know, was was $15,000, you know, and it's like back then, you know, I know you all know cars, and especially the NASCAR uh, circle or, or, or World of Outlaw guys and stuff like that. You know, you can you can uh, put stuff together, but with motorcycles, it's it's not even, you know, everybody knows that when you make a, a thousand of something, it's going to be cheaper. You're going to be able to sell that um, at a reasonable price because you're making so many of them. With motorcycles, you barely make 10, you know, so, so everything was, you know, it's, it's $700, uh, I remember back then for a wheel. Now it's $2,200, you know, for one rear run wheel, just the wheel, no brakes, no rotor, no, you know, no, no, nothing. So it's so expensive, but, uh, you know, you're right there. there you, you had to, you had to fabricate. We put car tires on these car wheels on these things that we got off of cars and we put bicycle front wheels on them. And, uh, we, we did a lot of hokey stuff that wasn't real high end because some of it, like me, I didn't have the money that the big teams and stuff did, but eventually, you know, somebody would stay out late or they'd be fooling around and then they'd get a divorce and then you could buy the bike. So <laughs> <laughs> they needed the money. I get it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it, so it, it was. Uh, you know, I had wi- I did. I I was in Mr. Barrett's auto shop class, so I I do my own wiring and and we put stuff together. Uh, some people had hell. Some people even had points and condensers. You know, so uh, that was that was old school. And then the electronic ignition came out. So basically, to answer your question, yeah, you 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 really did build it yourself, and uh, that's why the innovation and in the in the in the class was so so cool that um, when people innovated something, when they had the first transmission that you pushed a button and you didn't have to use your foot it would kill the engine and and it would shift the bike the drum would turn and rotate the the uh and move the fork into the next gear and everybody's like wow how did he shift so fast and it was a it was pneumatically so when somebody when they invented that it took our sport to another level wow i'm just thinking about how that is not having to shift? Just just everything. You think about the progression of things. So when did, when was the time in Steve Johnson's career that you become Steve Johnson? And what I mean by that is the Steve Johnson we know today who's setting track records, winning races, all that. What was your breakthrough moment that other than being in the fraternity, you, you might have looked at yourself and said, I'm here. I'm one of the guys. Well, I think it was. I love that question. I've actually never been answered asked that stuff. Like, like you know, I've, I've I'm I'm 50, I'm forty two thousand miles away from four million miles. So I've flown with a lot of executives. You know, I, I get upgraded. I love uh, if there's military, I try to give it to the military guys. And and uh, but other than that, you know, I, I'm riding up there at five thirty in the morning, and I'm the I'm the I'm the kind of the broke guy next to all the consultants and fancy people. But you you learn. You learn stuff about how to make breakthroughs and how to make impressions. I'm, I'm a big believer in Tony Robbins and and uh, you know just some of these things. George Bryce is a big influence um, in, in my life and and so um, Sam Laronis, a dear mentor, a friend of mine. But I think the the biggest breakthrough is I I really believe it or not. It, this is going to be horribly corny, but. I, if if somebody was going to say you know one sentence to remember Steve Johnson, it wasn't about things that we won or things that that uh, you know we set records or anything like that because clearly we I've only won eleven times, but it's I I said if we are a group and, and we're all spent five hundred thousand dollars a year and there's twenty of us that's a ten million dollar a year company and while everybody's racing out there and we're racing with NHRA. We need to do. We need to make sure the fans are excited. We need to make sure that the sanction body is excited. So I said, any ten million dollar a year company has somebody with leadership, and they and they handle issues like like you know, are the trash cans in the right places? Are there? Are, if we all need pink wheelie bars, we got to negotiate it. We got to get more money. You know, what can we do to show the sanction body? We've, we're all going to have uniforms. We're going to look professional. I led that group, and we called it Pro Two, and I got everybody together, and I said, this is how important the business side of our sport is. And when I'd sit with, with Dale Sr., Dale Sr., he schooled me so much on, on die-cast, on how to do die-cast and, and how not to do it. That's, that's a, another story in itself. But it's like one of his things was don't be like everybody else and get royalties. Buy it all yourself and sell it yourself. So because of Snap-on, I, I was able to do that. But it's like the, these you can make impressions in your life and in other people's life. You just have to – do something better than, than nobody else. And it's not even hard to do it. Just don't let somebody come behind you and do something better. I was like, we can be better. We can be way better than we are. And if I can lead this group, um, we'll make a we'll make a stamp over here. And and we made the stamp. We negotiated for more money. We, uh, we put on a better show. We didn't have to get our bikes teched at the Walmart. We got to come inside and get our bikes teched. And there's, with the professional series, we were part of Winston. We were part of Mellow Yellow and Camping World now. 
So I really feel, you know, it's a little corny or maybe arrogant, but I, I just feel like I helped our class move to the professional, to another level of professionalism, which really gives us a nice staple on, uh, on our category and, and the sanction body right now. Wow, that was a that wasn't the answer I was expecting. Very cool. Yeah, so, very. so where are we at in the season? And I know you guys had a huge week in in Houston, uh, four white nationals in uh, at Zmax at Concord. What's coming up next on the schedule? Uh, Virginia. We're we're going to Virginia to to, to new track. Uh, I remember racing there. They've redone everything, but it, it, it's challenging because at five o'clock. At 5 o'clock when the sun goes down in the right lane, you're looking at the Christmas tree and the sun is, is in your eye. So hopefully we won't be racing late. But, fans, if you, that four-wide thing is so crazy. You see drag racing. You see road tests all the time with, with a car and driver and all these things online and stuff. But it's always two, you know, or, or sometimes just one. But when there's four vehicles that race at one time, that is the sickest, craziest thing. It's, it's really, really cool to see if you've never seen it before. So to win that race there – and to go with two races and to try to do a three-peat, they're, they're, I've never done it. I don't know when it's been done other than Dave Schultz, but it would be uh, be very, very, very special. So are you guys currently in the points lead then? We are. We are. Uh, I, gotta, <laughs> I, I, call, I called you my think mom three-peat. Right. <laughs> I, when, I, when I walked in, I mean, there's nothing better. You, you can tell. Hey, this is the greatest tip for y'all. I, I get off on these sermons a little bit. But this is the easiest tip to do, and this is what I really would want people to remember. Nothing about the racing. When you meet somebody, when you see somebody that you haven't seen in a long time, don't just say, make sure that your facial expression represents your heart and your soul. Let the pe- That way they're always going to say, man, when I saw Steve, oh my gosh, I saw all these people last week at this party, but when I saw Steve, he was so excited. His face, his, his, his shook my hand, he, he grabbed my hand, it was tight, he hugged me, his, all these, just... Do something like I was saying about Pro Two. Just do something more than everybody else. Don't. Nobody wants to hire. And when I broke my foot on a motorcycle, I didn't look up average. I didn't look up average doctor. You know, I wanted the best. So, so deliver the best. And 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 it's so easy to just smile. And when my mom saw me, she was smiling ear to ear. She was so happy. Just just made me feel so good because I live in Birmingham and she lives in California. So I I surprised her and went to. Uh, Went, went to California and, and, and surprised her, and, and, and she, her facial expression was worth a million bucks. Well, Enthusiasm. You, you were right. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I t- Enthusiastic guy. I, uh, I told Jeff before we started <laughs> to share the one thing about it, Steve Johnson. He's not short on enthusiasm and excitement. So, uh, Oh, my God. Wait, when, you, when you take your mom for when you when you rush for uh, something for your mom for Christmas or, or birthday, anything, just rent a limo and then take, pick her up in the limo. Say you're telling, t- taking her to, to lunch and then go to five of her friends that you've already told, called and pick up all of her friends and put everybody in the limo and, and give them some wine. And oh my God, it's a gr- and then take pictures and then deliver the pictures <laughs> later on. It's like it's the greatest present on the planet. My buddy George Aaron's tuned me up to that. So it's like these are the things that make your heart so. You know, trophies are cool. We get Wallies, and and we won the one thousandth Wally ever given in NHRA history, and we did it in Vegas. And uh, um, we're we're gonna get the duplicate trophies here, but they're black. They're black. I call them Willis's, but they're um. Uh, it's so cool because because Wally's you know I got to represent Jock. I got to represent my guy Jock. You know he's like how come how come they get white names and I'm like man we 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 got we got you covered man right here with Willis. 
All right. On that, we need to take a break. We're gonna <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk some more NHRA and more tips for mom's birthday. Yeah, I want to get back <laughs> on the mom's birthday. All right, Mother's Day deal here. With Steve Johnson. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. This is Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair out of Clements, Maryland, Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. NHRA Pro Stock, motorcycle, driver, owner, Steve Johnson, speed talker. These are great stories. Mike Wallace. Man, I'm going to tell you, Steve, I've known you for a long time, and there's no way you thought about picking mom up in a limo by yourself. So where did you, did you Google that opportunity or did something, one of your buddies turn you on to that? I love that. Yeah, George Aarons George George did that. And, and folks, this is so this is a little bit detailed, but you take the pictures. And, I mean, we had a lot. And we didn't do a limo because older people, the limos, there's, there's no room between the floor and, 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 your, and your butt. So your, their knees all get – so you get a sprinter. You get a sprinter van. You know, and it's, it's obviously more money, but it's your mom. So you take them all. You take pictures, and then you put the collages together. And I built collages for each one of the people. And then you deliver those at Mother's Day in a frame. So they hang them up. So now grandma and grandpa's – you know, older people, when they walk down the aisle or when they walk down the hallway, they always remember that. So, again, don't let anybody come in and do the do the party better than you. Cover every single base, not only from the front side, but from the back side. Every one of them, when they get together, they talk about that. And it's just so special and it's so easy to do. Well, Steve, Mike's got his own transportation company, so you can work it. And, by the way, our buddy Dwight owns a Sprinter van. Yeah. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, I did. Could be dangerous. Yeah, Steve knows <laughs> Dwight. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we've talked about the early days of Steve Johnson, the current day of Steve Johnson. But I would be remiss if we ended up this show without hearing a few good stories. I mean, you, you're buddies with everybody. That's, uh, you know, some people ask me why do we have drag racers on a show called Fast Car to NASCAR. Well, Steve Johnson, Matt Hagen, Greg Anderson, all those guys got ties to NASCAR racing. And Steve probably has the most. He knows everybody or everybody knows him. So I want to go back to the motorcycle deal that you mentioned about parking that baby in the sand trap to hide from the cops. <laughs> that that's t Tell us the story. After you got in the sand trap, and Jeff was wanting to know this, once you got in the sand trap, did, did you lay there forever? Did you get up? When did? How did you get out of the sand trap? Tell us the, well, the well, real first, story. Well, first of all, you all, you all have to visualize that, that that on this particular hole, the, the green was raised a little bit. So if the fairway is low and the green's high, the sand trap in between is at an angle. So you got to understand that that there was a deep spot in the, in the sand trap where, where they just the sand trap's not just on this flat area where yeah, you yeah no no I know it's kind of it. on a hillside so, you got it yeah. Yeah, so 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 when it was when when the lights went by, you know, I could see the cops because they they couldn't come, they weren't going to drive up on the guard on the golf cart path. That's why they were using the spotlight to look over the entire hole. And so when they when they left, I'm like, okay, I wasn't smart enough back then to understand all the concept of everything. So I got out of the sand trap, ran, called my buddy Eddie Eddie Alvarez, and and I told him, hey man, uh, he says you got away, and I'm like, yeah 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 yeah. Well, he thought I was in jail, and I said, no no no, I'm on a, I'm on a payphone. So uh, this is my only. Call, but it, so so he we set up a time. I said thirty minutes. We had watches, and uh, so he he came and picked me up. I could not get the motorcycle out of the sand trap. I finally got it out of the out of the sand trap, 
and uh, we met at the corner. There was a uh, we weren't smart enough to meet on a dump on a corner that was all black. I met at a Seven Eleven over there by Hanson Dam. So he picked me up and and we loaded the bike faster than ever and and, and got away. But we had uh, we had we had practiced that many times. The cops would come and they'd scream at us for a street race, and then we'd load up real fast and leave. But yeah, Eddie Eddie saved me right there, and uh, he reminds me of that all the time um, with uh, uh, with with his buddy Brian that that uh, is is helping us up uh, helping us out now. But it's it's um it, it it was these these stories are just plentiful. So so give us another one. Give me a memorable story. I, I hear you talk about Larry Dixon a lot. Uh, always whenever I'm the few times I'm at a drag race, I see Larry there, and you guys talking like you're in tune and everything. Oh my God, Larry, Larry Dixon, Larry Dixon. I told you the one about him. He, he never street raced, but he did get caught. He did get caught street racing. So that's kind of contradictory. I, I'm trying to not be in trouble, but then be in trouble at the same time. So he, uh, you know, we do a ton of stuff together. We've had all kinds of crazy stuff. I was at Richard Childress's house, and and I was with my gal, and she had this, she had this ring, uh, she had this ring, <laughs> she had this ring on her finger, and and she loved cooking. And uh, so Richard says we're gonna have steaks, and she, Janie's like, how do you how do you cook? And he's, he's like, well, what, what are you talking about? And, and she says, well, da, da, da. So he says, well, it sounds like you want to cook them. She says, yeah, I do. So he says, she says, where's the plates? He says, up there. She says, right here. And he goes, oh, my God, Judy, look at it. Look at her ring. And it was this ring from a, a, a not a drugstore, but a, a, a regular, you know, I don't know, like it wasn't Target. It was called Parisian. I don't know what kind of store that is. It was like in a mall, a fancy place. So uh, like JCPenney's. But so anyway, <laughs> on my gal, on my gal, it's it's a $20 ring. On Judy Childress, it's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's a hundred grand ring or, you know, something. So anyway, Judy's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So, so anyway, long story short. Um, they were crazy. So I sent Judy, me and me and Janie sent Judy uh, a ring like that for twenty dollars for Christmas, and then Judy put it on. She she is embellishing a little bit, but she puts on the ring, goes with one of her functions, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, that's the biggest ring I've ever seen!" Oh my God, we were cracking up and going to Richard's place in his in his bedroom. He's got this little he's got this little diecast area and. And I, I feel so guilty, but I'm like, oh my god, you weren't scared of the cheeseburgers back then, were you? And he's like, he's like poking me and everything. But it's to do stuff with with those guys and to John Force on an airplane. There's a hot looking girl on the airplane, and we're in this little piece of junk going to Gainesville, and all of a sudden the weather's real bad, and the plane's bouncing all over the place, and and everybody's getting sick. And I'm looking at the girl, and I'm like, hey baby, you know, I'm like Rico Suave. I'm a motorcycle racer. I can deal with all this stuff. And and she's like, I think she's buying it. I think she's thinking I'm pretty cool. And then and, and John is over there, like just white as a ghost. I'm like, there's our superstar Elvis Presley, and he's ralphing in the bag, right? And the plane stinks like hell. Oh my god. And then I end up. I, I didn't. I didn't actually get sick, but oh my. I just. I turned. It was a bust because you know what? On the air conditioning things, the little vents. I turned that on full blast, and I was giving it mouth to mouth resuscitation. I go. <sighs> Taking in all the cool air, and she's looking at me, and I'm like, ah, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm practicing my breathing, you know. But <laughs> I was ready to get sick, but so, we so, finally landed. And so, anyway, well, I was gonna say, Jeff, have you realized I, I still haven't figured out where Larry Dixon fit in this? <laughs> I asked about Larry Dixon. We well, got Richard Childress, John Forrester on an airplane. I got the fact that they're old friends, longtime friends, <laughs> and then we moved well, on. Larry, then we yeah, moved Larry on to Richard Childress. 
No. He, he raced. He, he raced on Woodley and Sadekoy, and, and we all came out. We stand right next to him doing the burnouts and everything, and he raced. And we imagine us all at, you know, 20 years old, and, and here's Larry in the 55, and doing a big smoky burnout. We stop cars. We're saying, hey, we're filming a movie, and we get people in the back, and then and then somebody goes point, point with their fingers up, down. I mean, we're we were filming street a movie. outlaws. <laughs> we were street outlaws way before street outlaws. So anyway, Larry goes down the track, and then uh, I don't know what happened to the other car but it was it was a junker and all of a sudden it was like he was almost at you know we're watching he's almost at the finish line and you got to just play this like we're like you're standing there well all of a sudden we're trying to figure out who wins and a helicopter comes by and then we're like oh my gosh i wonder why there's a helicopter here (laughs) next thing we know larry turns around he comes back and we hear and larry is hauling butt back up woodley and there's railroad tracks at, at, um, just past the, the start line, and the helicopter is on him with the spotlight, and we're like, "Woo, Larry, go, there you go!" <laughs> so he was gonna get busted, and we're all just laughing our ass off about it, right? So that's when I said he made a right. He went under the underpass of the freeway there at Ro- on on uh, on, on Woodley and Sadikoy. No, on Roscoe. That was on Roscoe, and and so he sat underneath this underpass of the freeway. And the helicopter's obviously above him, and he's thinking to myself, well, if I turn left, I'm going to go to my dad's. If I'm going to go to my – which he lived at his dad's, and me and Larry rented a room out back. And, and if I make a right, um, it's a dead end. So he's like, I'd rather deal with the cops and my fiberglass tilt front end that's going to get ruined when it gets put on the hauler than to deal with my dad. So that was that was a, a, a Larry Dixon story that uh, – Do better? When, when, we, when we bailed him out, we all cheered for him. We cheered for him when we bailed him out. The cops were like, really? Yeah, what was funny about this, Jeff is looking at me like, you asked the question, don't ask. So, but you got was your answer. Bad, was it a bad question? No, no, no not at all. It was a great Larry Dixon story. Yeah, it was a – Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would he would tell the stories. I would sleep. I have like like this narcolepsy thing. So my turbocharged bike. We'd negotiate these races. We we didn't have pairings or anything. We'd negotiate races, and and I'd be sitting there literally. This I know y'all roll your eyes and stuff. I'm literally sleeping on my bike. I just lean over. It's three in the morning. I lean over, and he'll wake me up. Says Steve, we got you a race. He says he would go from he would tell the story because we tell these stories at, at race functions, you know, with front of sponsors and stuff like that. It's cool, you know. They 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 like old stories. And he would tell a story. Steve is literally asleep on his bike with his feet on each side, and I'll wake him up, and within five seconds he's kickstarted his bike, and in ten seconds he's over there doing a burnout, and he was dead asleep a minute before that. <laughs> oh, we're, 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 so we we go we're in we're going to Virginia. We did this years ago. I'm dead, 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 dead tired. I don't know if I should say. Anyway, I'm dead, dead tired. I'm in the driver's seat. Larry's been overserved. He's the Miller. He's the Miller guy. All the convenience stores have got the Larry Dixon Miller thing floating around in there. And we come home. I can't believe I'm telling you this. So, so uh, we're coming home, and he's overserved, and I'm dead tired. So we set the cruise control on the freeway, literally from Petersburg. Look it up. From Petersburg to to the Virginia Motorsports Park, the hotels over there. He drove from the passenger seat. I was on cruise control, and I was dead asleep all the way back. And then when we got to the off-ramp, he woke me up. He woke me up, and, and I started driving. And that way we felt it was safer to do that than it was to have somebody drunk or somebody falling asleep. So uh, he was hammered, but he was working the pedals. No, he, he... no. no. Uh, it was on cruise control. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I was in the I was in the, the, driver, the driver's seat. So he had yeah, the designated oh, no, he was, he was drunk driving. Who hasn't driving. done that driving down the road? 
right? But there's not what's car. going there's on in the driver's car. seat, and you just say, "Hey, man, grab the wheel for a second, will you?" So we've so all done it. You you were pre Elon <laughs> Musk Tesla automated driving thing, right? Oh yeah. 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 They, 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 we, I was asleep. We, 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 a lot of us fly together. All the rich guys fly up in the front when we do commercial. We're, we're not at the NASCAR level with our own plane. So we're all up in the front. And I'm asleep. And I, I don't know who it was. It was, it was Hagen and Stevie Fast and all these people and, uh, back in the old days. And, and, and I was in some crazy dream. And I, I woke up. I thought we were crashing. And it's like I woke up and I'm like, oh, my God, we're good. And then I look around and they're all looking at me. And I'm trying to have this cool a fraternity of pro stock motorcycle next to all of our heroes and, and fuel and stuff and i was like it was so embarrassing but when i fall asleep i'm 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 pretty much out man i'm 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 dead tired let's give steve an opportunity to sell some swag here right i know you're on facebook steve i know you're on instagram do you have a you have a website do you do you sell material online if the fans want to get some of your swag yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, we, 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 our motorcycles go 200 miles an hour, and I'm last to 200. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not the first guy to 200. The second guy. We have girls in our sport. I got beat up because because some people said I was beating on the girls a little bit. And the girls, the the girls, they're, they're so, he's I mean, talking about he's talking about t-shirts, man. He wants to know if you oh, got well, any. I'm going, I'm going with this. I'm oh, going okay. with the t-shirt. I'm going with the t-shirt. Okay. So, so so Karen Stouffer set the record, and so now now I'm upset because I I had a shirt, I had a t-shirt, and I sold out of it. And I got to make another shirt. So I, I don't, I, I have the hobbyist shirt. If you follow our sport, Matt Smith called me a hobbyist and called all the people that aren't, aren't full-timers hobbyists. And, and I was, and I took offense to it. And so I made a shirt that, that Matt Smith called us hobbyists. And I think hobbyists are real racers too. So um, I, I have those hobbyist shirts on Steve Johnson racing and you can see my scholarship. I have a scholarship on there for young people. Um, pay it, me and um, uh, Rusty at Market Scan, we, we, we do that. So, um, and Bob Button, he's got the greatest employees on the planet. He helps me with that, too. I didn't talk about Bob Button as a sponsor, but you can get uh, – there's some hats on there. There's some shirts. Come to an NHRA race. I bootleg them out of the back seat, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it'd be nice to uh, s- support us, but you come to a drag race, man, and, and that would be a, a sponsorship enough. I wish I had more swag. I, I am going to do – I am going to do a shirt. I'm going to do a shirt, you know, shortly, and I'll, 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 I'll sponsor something. I'll sponsor another segment, and maybe it'll give me a chance to promote my shirts. But in, until then, uh, Steve Johnson Racing. Uh, SteveJohnsonRacing.com. We'll look that up. I bet yeah, you when yeah, he's done, he just falls asleep. Yeah, he's right. just going to fall asleep right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm known for talking to the Wallies. I'm so proud. I just got to tell a story. You know, it, it, it's, it's, I put a motorcycle in an elevator and took it to the 28th floor for Slick 50. And then uh, the people flipped out. And, and, and uh, you know, it, we put it, you know, obviously there's not room. So, so you have to lift it up so the front end's way up to the top, like, like you know, in, in, in <laughs> Die Hard, you know, when they hide up in the top of the elevator. That's where the front wheel of my motorcycle was. So it's like I'm, I'm willing to do what, whatever it takes to get the, to get the job done. And, and if i got to get some shirts, then uh, I, need, I definitely need to get some shirts because – because everybody knows, uh, oh man, you know, like like the Kenny Wallace story. <laughs> you know That's when it. he does when he does that, he, it's like, and, and then he finishes it with this. Hey, don't forget to watch my YouTube channel. <laughs> That's <you>. right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's got it down. Yeah. All oh, right, yeah, Steve yeah. Johnson. Square D, square D. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate your time, buddy. Go to Virginia, win three in a row. That way, you can make a a three peat T shirt. That'll be a big seller. That'd be we'll, awesome. We'll even plug it for you, Jeff. Uh, he'll write you an intro. We'll we'll give it to you at no charge. 
after you give us a dozen <laughs> t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, well, no problem. That'd be neat to have a three-peat shirt. That would be, you know, that's getting a little arrogant and stuff like that. But it's like, <laughs> folks, just, just, just remember, watch the thing, you know, live a little bit, you know, be happy. Be a fantastic, be a fantastic human being. And uh, I'm great. We, we work off relationships. And uh, Mike Wallace treats me like family, lets me stay at his house. Uh, just the whole family, Matt and 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 Chrissy and Lindsay, you know, they just treat me like family. So so work your relationships. Let them know how important they are. And uh, and and if you get a chance to win three races, do a shirt, man. You'll sell a million of them. Yeah, but no <laughs> lack of enthusiasm. NHRA Pro Stock Motorcycle Driver Owner Steve Johnson. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media.